everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 306 being recorded on June 25th, 2014. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malentano. And uh, we're, we're doing, we continue to do these beta podcasts yep. where we change up the player or we change up the CDN we're using. This time we have some weird text on the side of it. If you're only listening to the audio version, you should go check out the video at uh, youtube.com slash PCPer or you can go to PCPer.com slash podcast. We are attempting to do a, what do we call this, like an ESPN style rundown yep. on the left-hand side of the screen. So you know what we're going to talk about. Unless they want to sue us and we've never seen ESPN ever. If you've never seen an ESPN Forever, this is an amazing thing that we just invented today, yes. and uh, we think it's going to revolutionize the way television is made. Well, I can guarantee we're not doing it the same way that they are. Yeah. Put it that way. Uh, yes, I can guarantee that, too. Uh, if you are new to our live stream, thank you for joining us. We uh, record the show on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, mostly, 7 p.m. Pacific at pcper.com slash live. That schedule is on the right-hand side of that page and every pcper.com page you see. Uh, but if you want to uh, make sure you don't miss out on any of our live streams, you can go to pcper.com slash subscribe. And when you go there, you get this handy little form, and all it does is it asks for your name and your email address, and you get signed up for our mailing list. We send you an email when we're about to go live, anywhere from an hour to 15 minutes beforehand, um, so that you are aware of what's going on in some time interval before we actually do it. And we only use this mailing list for uh, live events, and uh, we would like you to, to be on it, right? We, we sent out, when we did the Huddy live stream, and we gave away $3,000 worth of video cards. Yeah, $3,000. We're not giving away video cards today, but I'm just saying in the future we may again give away stuff. We gave away many things, not just right. We gave one, away not just one Titan Z. Well, in particular, we didn't give away any stuff, Titan Z. Carl. That would have been $3,000. We're right? giving well, yeah. away stuff. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so we've got that going for us, which is nice. Uh, we do want to take a moment here uh, to mention something uh, a little bit sad, passing of one of our longtime forum members and Fragging Frog members, which is our gaming group. Uh, if you, um, Jeremy, want to quickly give a brief synopsis of, uh, of what happened or, or what the plans are and what's going on for Colonel Tom right now. Well, he uh, joined the forums of the Fragging Frogs about a dozen years ago uh, and was probably one of our most uh, frequently participating members so it's really sad to see him go but he's been having a lot of health issues recently and went in for surgery and unfortunately passed uh last monday it's it's really sad to see him go he's been a, a solid member and i don't know how many people are here are actually part of the fragging frogs are probably playing right now but he was just a, a really amazing guy and so he's passed on, but uh, Lenny was really kind enough to put together uh, a little fundraiser on UCaring because uh, his wife, who survived him, is also having some issues and uh, is now sort of looking at life without Tom. So if you can possibly uh, visit the forums, give a, a little bit of memory, anything you remember from Colonel Tom, uh, even just well wishes to pass on to Carol. And if you can afford it, uh, it would be greatly appreciated uh, if you could pop over to you, Caring, and uh, maybe throw a couple of dollars their ways just to help them out uh, during this sad time. Indeed, uh, sad to see it happen, but glad to see the community kind of rallying around and uh, helping people out when they can. So if you, if you don't know what the Fragging Frogs is, if you go into our forums and go into the gaming section, it's a really tight-knit 
group of guys that play a lot, play PC games. We've done uh, some of their virtual LAN parties here on live streams as well. So um, Got check our that butt out. Kicked. Yeah, you did. You did. All of us did. <laughs> well, it's used. It, everybody's used to that happening to me. I, maybe people had higher expectations for you guys. I don't no. know. Um, but let's move on and talk about some of the hardware of the week. We're going to start actually with the Cooler Master Elite 110. This is a mini ITX case review that uh, Lee did for us. And you can see here it's a really, really tiny cube. Um, two, the, small, the, the footprint is 280 by 208 by 260 millimeters. That's pretty small. For those of us who don't understand that, that's 11 by 9 by 10 inches. inches. Uh, which is quite small. It's a mini ITX motherboard. It uh, does support a 120-millimeter intake fan to 80-millimeter side fans. You can put a 120-mil radiator uh, in the front for water cooling. You kind of replace it up here. It does support standard-length ATX power supplies up to 180-millimeters, so don't try to put that 1,200-watt uh, Corsair in there, I guess. One dual-slot graphics card is up to 210 millimeters in length which is how long in inches like put that put that translate that to video card about nine to nine and a half inches right but that translates um, to um how high of a video card can you squeeze in well that's length right we're talking about okay i would say got to consider girth too ten and a half inches is a, is a 780 ti so you okay. cannot fit a 780 ti in there okay um but so smaller than a 780 Ti. So smaller than a 780 Ti. 210 millimeters, which is about nine and a half inches, I guess. Okay. Here, guys, let me let me let me take a quick look here. Um, Whoa, hey, hey, Josh. Turns out it's bigger than yeah, it's it's below 780. It's Anything you put down there is going to be longer. Just, <laughs> just saying. Uh, does support three three and a half inch drives, four two and a half drives, two and a half inch SSDs, and it has a blue LED on life switch on off switch. You can see how it supports the full size power supply. Just like, kind of sticks out the back a little out bit. The back there, uh, you know. To me, that's kind of cheating. Is that's, it really supporting still... a full size power supply? Like, could you just extend this out like seven more inches, or why not well, just have an opening where the graphics on. card comes out? It's extending out about as far too. as like other cords, like the V, like your DVI cables and stuff would extend out the back before yes. they could make the. Or turn. as far as Josh extends. Yeah, not that far. <laughs> Which, yeah, <laughs> I like, and I had to times that by ten on to a get good that day. Okay, on a yeah. good day. Uh, so, it, pretty interesting system. Right to set up. Building in mini ITX cases is oftentimes a pain in the butt. And it's really hard to make a mini ITX case that is small. Yeah, it's not difficult to work in. I'm surprised that that much stuff can even fit in that case. Yeah, though. like when we worked on that EVGA Hadron, it was yeah. a pain in the butt. Once you had everything in there, it was nice and it was cool. It was neat. Yeah. Uh, and, and just getting it in there. Is yeah. The yeah. I do like that the uh, front panel here is pretty clean, and on the side you can see the USB, the power reset, the audio connections. I really like that idea, except if you happen to have like the cases up against the wall, and that's the wall it's up against. Then Put you it can't... against the other wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. It, that's the only downside. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it's it's an issue. Uh, you can see what layout is there. You've got ventilation up top, ventilation on the other side. Um, Pretty pretty simple design. Yeah. It's really clean looking. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. Lee stuffed a ton of hardware in here as well. Yeah, we'll get to the, the part where he actually did the the build. Here we go. The motherboard and graphics and how much Vaseline did he have to go through? <laughs> a lot. And you see, he's actually using that 120 millimeter uh, cooling radiator as well. 
radiator or just fan? All I saw was a fan. No, you can see the tubes coming out of oh, it. Oh, so he's got the, okay, so the radiator's the behind radiator's it. here. All right. And then uh, you've got the, the water block installed on the processor. Here it is with just a regular heat sink installed. Hard drive mounted to the side. Looks wow. like he's using a Zotac. I think I gave him, what did I give him? 750 Ti, 770, something like that. I don't know what to use for that. But you can see, like, if you use a large power supply, <laughs> it's right that over is the CPU. covering your processor. So you need to have smaller processor, or, you know, it looks like maybe he has a picture of it with the water cooling. You know, like those tubes have to come out from underneath. Yeah. That. You know, you got to be careful about the profile of things. But it all does fit. You can see it all there. So. Wow. Yeah. Is an SSD. You got your hard drives installed. That's good stuff. Room for more on the other side. That's it's it's pretty nice. Um, the case cooling wise, I think he was he was fairly impressed. They have uh, they're using some high quality fans. Noise levels seem relatively low. Yeah, and all the sides of the case look like they were perforated steel, mm-hmm. right? So it's basically just a mesh all around the whole thing. So does that does that mean it's going to get like, should help dirty? it stay quicker though? Air coming in from everywhere, no filters. That's kind of yeah a downside. So try not to put this on your floor. Like it makes a huge difference if you put like PC on your desk versus yeah. on the floor, or just a few inches up. That that helps. But yeah, he actually notes the only minor weakness he notes is the opening on the bottom of the front bezel could let dust in. Yep. So it's on the bottom well, you know, of the front partial bezel. Partial positive pressure should ease the dust issue as well. So watch yeah. where you're pushing your fans. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you're interested in a mini ITX case, check out that review of the Cooler Master Elite 110. Lee posted that up, uh, I think, right after last week's podcast. Yep. So uh, we're going to move on and talk about another review that went up from Steve, this time of the MSI GT70 2PE Dominator Pro Gaming Notebook. My goodness. They like their names in Taiwan. They really do. As The more words, the better, as far as I can tell. Uh, very similar to the GT60 we tested a couple of months ago, I guess. Slightly updated features. This is a 17-inch screen instead of a 15-inch screen. Uh, you know, Specification-wise, you got a Core i7-4800MQ. It's quad-core 3 gigahertz part. Uh, but you do have a GeForce GTX 880M with 8 gigs of memory on there. I don't understand why these companies put huge amounts of memory on mobile graphics cards. Does it make any sense, Josh? Not really. The number no, is higher, but it's cheap. so it's better. Yeah, but... I don't. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, does it, it takes power, right? You got to keep all that RAM lit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but memory is cheap as compared to all the other components, and yeah, it's it's a checkbox feature. People see like, right. oh, it's got eight gigs of memory for the video. And, I'm gonna buy it. And it's <laughs> not a whole lot of people are testing battery life for gaming yeah. purposes, but in this one we are specifically. I'll talk about that page right. in a second. Uh, it also has three three Toshiba 128 gig SSDs in it. Nice. In RAID 0, obviously. Uh, plus a 1 gigabyte, or I'm sorry, a 1 terabyte 7200 RPM hard drive. <laughs> it's a 1080p screen, 17-inch, Windows 8.1, uh, wireless and 2x2, et cetera, et cetera. It is a big, bulky gaming machine. You can tell, just look at the size of the USB ports and the audio ports, and you can see that this is not... Something you look want at to the strain around. on his wrist to hold that up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And look, look at the optical drive. It looks looks small. Yep. Compared to uh, to the rest of it, and you've got ports in the back. That's how you know you got a big laptop. You've got not just some ports: HDMI, DisplayPort, VGA, network, and power, and Kensington lock, of course. Right, because because stuff. Um, 
stuff disappears. So what's interesting about this notebook, the most, like, the most interesting thing about it, in my opinion, is that it is the first machine we've tested with NVIDIA Battery Boost. Remember we talked about it a couple of months ago. Refresh the, my memory. So this is a technology that was intended to improve battery life while gaming. Okay. By doing frame rate limiting. Oh. And they say other magical stuff. Okay. Whether or not the other magical stuff is actually really happening and to what degree it actually affects it, sure. I'm not really sure. Can you turn it off? Battery boost? No. Well, yeah. So you can get yeah. higher frame rates, arguably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a okay. feature of GeForce Experience. Okay. Right? That you can enable and disable. And you can actually, they'll let you target what frame rate you want it to, minim- to lower to. So it's the using is 30 frames per second. It's using the same kind of tech that limits the desktop parts to a certain power. Yes. Usage, right. Just okay. So basically, as you can see here, um, these are some Portal Two results, right? So here is battery boost on versus battery boost off. So uh, battery boost off, you're able to run um, 47 minutes longer. Okay. With it on than off. That's a what does he say? 92 percent. That's almost twice as long. That's great. Okay. What's right? the frame rate difference? Uh, well, 30 frames per second limit is what the battery boost enforced. Okay. And so, let's see, what does he say about performance over that? So you're just gaming at 30 frames per yeah, second? Yeah, you're gaming at 30 frames per second. So if you can handle so 30 frames per second... What it's doing it's is... It's re- like a console. It is. Well, sure. You're forcing it into console mode. Well, not only that, but what if but it was like <laughs> what if it was like a real-time strategy or something? You can definitely get away with 30 comfortably. Yep. Right? So you, you don't need the crazy You can actually high, lower below 30, too. You go like 15 or something, you I guess? Want. I think it goes down to 20, maybe. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. 15 is too slow, even for an RTS. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. By that, I mean, you're, you're doing side-scrolling. Hello? Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, but he did some other games, too. So, like, here's World of Tanks. Not an impressive result. Mm. Basically, pretty much the same. Three minutes of difference in there. Uh, Bioshock Infinite, somewhere in the middle. About a 48% increase, going from an hour and three minutes to an hour and 33 okay. minutes. So that, that's actually, I would say, if you take Bioshock Infinite as kind of an average yeah. result, that's pretty good. It is. Um, now, as long as you can deal with the... As long as you can deal with playing at 30 frames per second. Right. And it's, you know, you shouldn't have any tearing because it's a, it's a fixed frame rate. Yep. Assuming that the game all would normally stay always above 30 frames per second. That's where you'll see the most advantage. Yeah. If you were playing, like, Portal, for example, and it was running at 115 frames per second, and you're cutting it down to 30, that's how you can see such dramatic battery life differences while gaming because it's saving a significant amount of power. Whereas in World of Tanks, depending on the settings he was using, it was either not changing performance... Or it just was broken for that particular title. Um, and this is something that NVIDIA has the ability to update and change as uh, GFE you know, versions come are released. Right? Yeah. So uh, it was, it's a pretty cool feature. And then if you want to look at just regular gaming performance, you know, normal battery life, this is not going to stand up to anything, right? Classic test an hour and 13 minutes while you know, you're getting well over two hours on some of the other ones. Um, the reader test... Four hours and 49 minutes versus eight hours and 50 minutes, you know, going up against like an ultra book. So in terms of battery life, it's not great um, I, for kinda, general reading purposes. But me being a storage editor, I kind of hung up on the, the RAID 0 uh, add-o results. What do you think about having three SSDs in a RAID 0? I think, I think 1.3 gig per second writes and 1.5 gig per second reads might be a little much for a mobile platform. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, he actually had that benchmark in there. Yes. Okay, let's take a look at that. I. It goes pretty dang fast. Like, that's just... Oh, yeah, there we that, go. That's like your opinion, that's, man. No, scroll down a little more. <laughs> scroll down a little more. That's like, really, that's... it's it, You Give do me. hit that point where it's like... The game. That's, that's that know. Intel D thirty five hundred type. It's yeah, the P Level. the P thirty seven hundred. Yeah, yeah. It's like whatever it's, it's, it's called. basically like getting into that territory. But look at the hard drive. It's going at one hundred thirty five megabytes per second. Well, it's a, it's a nice hard would drive. Would you rather have this or would you rather have that? I would rather have the other, the faster right. one. Yeah. And so, what do you yeah. get out of one hundred twenty eight times three? You're getting three hundred eighty four gigabytes of storage. Yeah, you know, to install stuff on. It, it's still more useful than the eight gigs of VRAM on a 1080p display. I would agree with that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even if you're hooking up a 4K display to it, eight gigs of VRAM is. Yeah, really. I just, I, just I'm, I am still hung up on that video RAM. That it happens all the time. Up. I've seen systems that have SLI eight gigs, so they have 16 gigs of graphics memory on a on a gaming laptop well, with a 1080p screen. I will say that this laptop has 32 gig of RAM and like four gig of video. And memory. it has a DisplayPort output. So you could hook it up to a 30-inch panel. You could hook right. it up to a 4K panel. Right. But 4 gig looks kind of puny compared to 32 gig of DRAM for the system. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, but, okay. You know, uh, oh, you know, the rest of the stuff, uh, go read the review. The, the notebook itself, I actually like their gaming notebooks. They're big. They're not portable. But if you're looking for something that's reasonably priced for a high-end gaming machine, I think this retail was like $2,600 or something. Yep. It's expensive for a laptop, no lies. But let me ask you this. Yeah. Is it the all-new <laughs> MSI gaming laptop? Well, I mean, no, I think the GT70 is a well-known chassis and design. It's just updated specifications. <laughs> oh, really. Sorry, Gersperms had uh, brought that up in chat, and I had to... Understood. Understood. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have Maury on the show today, but we did want to mention his review of the EVGA Z97 classified motherboard. Um, all black, baby. That's nice. It looks good. It's it does it appear it's wider than normal, is it not? Or it, am I is it is the it's that, it is slightly wider. Okay. Oh. I didn't know if maybe it was the perspective or the color. Oh that's a EATX, yeah. Look at the screw. That other heatsink is just Oh yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. That heat screw holes is definitely extend out. Yeah. And not only that, but the screw holes are, are the between the second and third are farther apart than usual. So mm, okay. if you count the top one. So yeah, they are uh, that's a big board. What is that heatsink on on the what looks like the South Bridge? But it is on the chipset, would be my guess. Well, there's PLX. Not only that, but it looks like there's more oh. uh, oh, ports, PLX. so it's covering that yep. as well. Okay. Okay. All right. PLX chips can get pretty warm, yeah. so I, I can I can especially appreciate if that. it's if it's PCI Express 3.0 PLX or something. Uh, yeah. Maury loves himself some motherboards. The Z97 classified, really no exception. He likes to take things apart. Um, you know it, this. Coming from EVGA, being the classified brand, you would expect it to have support for you know four-way GPUs, and it does. Yep. I think it supports Crossfire. <laughs> Obviously, it does. Don't tell NVIDIA. You know, EVGA would prefer you buy four Titan Zs or Blacks or <laughs> don't. You no, know, you can't buy four Titan Zs. Don't do that. Oh, I'm sorry. You, ah. you could buy them, but I wouldn't recommend it. Twelve thousand dollars. Twelve thousand dollars worth of video cards. Um, but you can see here, like look at the layout. You've got you've got good. That's a good layout there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, look at those power connectors. Extra power connectors. Yeah. Yep. Ka-chow. Yeah. You got your MSATA <laughs> selections there. Yeah, it is two things that they missed. Uh, yeah, on. you got one, one two, here, three, four. Yeah. One here, one here, one here. Yeah. Yep. You got to extend past the PCB edge. Yep. That's for sure. Updated audio. You can see again that ATX Power six pin that goes straight to the PCI Express. Here's your support for uh, 
Yeah, the bad thing about that uh, last yep, yep. Uh, slot is uh, any of your, uh, you know, like uh, HD audio front panel plugins, USB front panel plugins, and even your stinking, uh, you know, power LED reset, it's going to get awful tight. Maury said in the chat, no M.2. No M.2, just MSATA? I thought... No sex, either. MSATA with three different lengths supported? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) See, it only only has support for the two different sizes. Yeah, it depends on if it's got one nut or two. Okay, I get it. (sighs) Thank God we're doing this again. Hey, what about the BIOS uh, uh, battery? Is it optimal? It's uh, well, it is actually. I like the cutout that they have here. They took a cutout out of the heatsink specifically for Mori to have access to it. They did that just for Mori, I'm yeah, sure. I'm pretty sure. They, I mean, but so you know, if you fill this thing up with four graphics cards, stuff can get. You're talking about wires being crowded. But see what they did with the fan headers. I kind of like this. They turned them 90 degrees. Yeah. Um, along with the SATA and USB that's 3 90 degrees. But the fans, the fan yep. connectors there, that's pretty unique. I like that. Got your bio selector switch. Obviously, there are three. Um, Obviously. But no, but no SATA buttons. Express. No SATA Express. Nope. No M.2. It's kind of interesting design decisions, considering this. that's kind of the I don't think a lot of selling point of Z97. I don't think a lot of desktop people are using M.2 yet. I, they're not. Yet. Right? And You're they're right. not using SATA Express either yet. So you're right. You don't. You know. I know it's a push, but yeah, I love I love this this kind of picture here where he puts a giant one on. This thing has a graphics card installed because he always when, does when, that. A, when a motherboard <laughs> is going to support quad graphics cards, they have to move that first video card way up on the board. Yep. Right where there would normally be like a buy one or something in a, in a standard that design. Is, that is a good extreme heatsink test, and he you does. get that like. It's pretty damn close. Yeah. This is what was on the Rampage 4 Extreme where I had issue with this, issues with the Titan Z where the back panel, the back plate on the card was so thick it was actually touching the uh, so, audio connection. So is that heatsink actually shorting against the PCB? I that's, don't think so. That's, no. That's really close, though. Yeah, he's really close. He stuffed some styrofoam in there. It's fine. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Lots of good photos in here. Look, uh, it comes with a four-way SLI hey, bridge. Hey, look, Josh. It's a four-way ah. SLI bridge. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the, uh, um, uh, what do they call them here, GPU link cables? Yep. And uh, the probe it cables? I'll probe it. For uh, voltage? Wow, those are... Probe it! Oh, God! Uh, you can check. Let's say, let's check out the BIOS features on this. You know, I think overall, like, I like the design of this. You kind of, if you're a gearhead, maybe you think of that's the standard, like, super yeah. awesome EVGA BIOS. Yeah, looks of yeah, it. They, they do They do a good job there. Um, Mori's only complaint, really, was that they didn't change much on this from the Z87 version of the classified board, yeah. right? Okay. So they, they updated to the latest chipset, but you don't have SAT Express, you don't have M.2. Those True. are kind of the things that make the new chipset worth it, other than support for, like, Devil's Canyon. Yeah. So uh, it's still overclocked well, still performed well. Um, it has... Tons of features for multi-GPU and all that. Pricing, it's up there. 340 on Amazon with Prime shipping. Um, yeah, but it's all loaded. It is. It's it pretty is. loaded. It is a loaded board. Yeah. Uh, How uh, much does it weigh? Look at this, guys. Look at this. Strengths. CMOS battery placement. placement. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nailed it. Boom. But no M2 and no sex. Yeah, no SAT uh, Express, which I'm going to clarify so everybody else understands what you mean by that. Yeah, <laughs> I hope it would. Uh, so check out that review. Because you're looking at those sockets on that, uh, you know, 
Never mind. Power probe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The battery's not vertical. Speaking of large heat sinks, Uh-oh. we weren't really. But uh, Mori also posted a review of the Noctua NH-U12S CPU cooler. It looks like this. It's brown and, t- it's brown, and brown. Just one fan. Typical Noctua not the uh, pu- style. It's not a push-pull, right? It Just is not. It is a single fan. You can see here, it's a little, it's it's small. Look how tiny that yeah. is for an Octua well, fan. Well, it's small compared to that behemoth he just had on that for, other Yeah, that's board. what I'm saying. Yeah. But it just reminds me of the old, uh, what's that heat sink that was infinitely popular back in the day, Josh? The Thermal Right, something or other. What, the XP80 or something like that? Yeah, could have been. Didn't have that many heat pipes on it, I'm sure. Um yeah. Man, a lot of pictures in these. So let's take a look. I want to see the actual cooler comparison results here. And uh, Noctua 12S single fan. It does have a dual fan option. Oh. You can do push-pull. Okay. But it's still not as thick as the other one from... No. God, no. That thing... Yeah, no. That was a beast. Uh, So here's Ivy Bridge stock settings. And what's interesting is, you know, he's comparing it to the... um, the U14S, the Thermorite Silver Arrow, the Corsair H100i, which is a 240-millimeter self-contained water cooler. Yep. Right? At stock temperatures, this Noctua, fan, this Noctua with a single fan is actually doing better than the H100. Well. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's... Overclocked, it's doing a little bit better, okay. actually. Once you get into Haswell, though, the H100 does perform better. Than okay. the uh, than the heatsink there interesting interesting kind of results there, uh, and it's you know sixty six degrees in the Corsair H one hundred I versus seventy two degrees on the Noctua with a single fan that's a that's a noticeable difference yeah, um, worth keeping in mind. But noise levels the Noctua with the single fan was actually like second quietest. It was quieter than the uh, yeah it was quieter than the H one hundred I than the H one hundred I and I think that's what a lot of people. Have, are coming to realize with the self-contained water coolers, yeah, you get a pump and the got, pump buzzes. You get a pump. You have like with the H100i, you have two fans. Yep. And even if you have really, really good fans, the pump is still, still going to make noise. Yeah, still noise. And as I've come to could notice over the years, is those those pumps get louder over time. Yeah. All right. The, I can agree with that. They. It's kind of like wives. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> they might be listening. Uh, so if you're interested in a uh, air cooler. And how it compares to water coolers, check out that review. Uh, I think I think a lot of you might be surprised. And how that, much was this thing? I don't know. It's seventy bucks. Seventy oh. bucks. Which so, is a little bit high, but not ridiculous. There, yeah. yeah. Uh, another interesting article that went up this week was posted by Sebastian. He was working on this for a long time and he did a great job on it. It's a budget gaming PC shootout. And it's it's way more complicated than the name sounds. Uh, this is the hardware that he Basically mixed and matched. This to get dude did a fantastic job yeah. on this. That is a lot of work, and yeah. I th- I thought that you know just up front that he chose really good and pretty solid combinations without you know just going insane and spending six months on just testing. Yep. So kudos to Sebastian. This is a fantastic article. Uh, and brave too, because you know the comment the commenters oh. are going to be so kind. <laughs> yes, you mean he mixed like Intel and AMD parts in the same? No, it'll all be about you didn't pick a cheap enough oh. motherboard for this, right? And why didn't you use this, you moron? Yeah, that, that's yes. When when you anytime you're doing like the budget stuff that people you know yeah just like spend their entire lives on, right? Like tweaking out the perfect low cost. My machine. configuration is best, right? 
You should have tested cents it. cheaper. He did four <laughs> video cards, R7 250, R7 260X, GTX 750, GTX 750 Ti, uh, four different processors, the Athlon 5350, Athlon X2, 34, uh, 340X, the Athlon X4 760K, and the Intel Pentium G3220. Uh, three different motherboards, so go with those. Um, an AM1, uh, AM1B chipset, A88X chipset, H81 chipset, and then four gigs of memory, one terabyte hard drive, 430 watt power supply, and obviously your operating system. <clears throat> and um, I think you guys should really, really go look at this review and read the details of why he chose the platforms he chose, why he went with uh, the decisions that he did, um, what parts matched with what. Uh, it. it it's it's a really compelling look at how the decision like how the the process of picking this hardware can really be and it's and it's a difficult decision because there are so many options within a very tight price range. Yep. Right? You say I want a processor between 50 to 100. dollars You <laughs> that's, probably that's have 20 processors that are yeah. legitimate contenders for that. Um hey, talks, you know, budget budget combinations have kind of a special place in my heart, especially budget video cards because the amount of things you can do in terms of overclocking, you know, price, cooling, uh, that area is so compressed, just like you were saying, that there's a lot of really interesting and, you know, kind of compelling features and, and, and products out there. And, you know, he grabs a, a handful of, of motherboards, processors, and, and video cards and does this. And so, you know, I was a starving college student. Hell, I'm, I'm a starving 42-year-old. But... Um, <laughs> Not everybody has the money for even a mid-range. And so to pick and choose your parts and really spend time, effort, and then finally your money to get them and then tweaking them, it's, it's, you know, the budget area is so fun. It really is as, you know, as a budget enthusiast. And so this is to see an article of, of this quality and this information is just fantastic and it's fun. Yeah, I mean, look at the some of the game benchmarks. Bioshock Ultimate, which is Bioshock Infinite with all the DLC. You can see all the combinations that he tested here, right? Average frame rate, minimum frame rate. The highest performance, GTX 750 Ti with the Pentium G3220. That's kind of what I would have guessed. Yep. But then you kind of see how it all scales down from there. 750 Ti with the Athlon was second. 750 with the Pentium was third. Uh, it goes all the way down to where you have this kind of mix with the R7 250 that was pretty clearly outclassed by the other cards in this comparison. He looks at Metro Last Light, 1080p, low quality, and again, you kind of see how that uh, stretches out. Notice that the the minimums are interesting as well, that uh, some platforms seem to do better. So even though the average frame rate here on the Athlon X4 was higher in Metro Last Light, the minimums were higher with the Pentium G3220. Um, it was nice of you not to force him to frame rate every single one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I remember those days. Uh, Thief as well included in this test. And you can kind of see how it scales. It, there's, there's, there's usually like an interesting, like here, if you go from the Symphony Ti with the Athlon 5350, there's this huge step up to the Athlon X4 and the G3220. And you see the same thing under Thief, right? So when you get down into these processors... I, I think you you lose the the argument of a value gaming PC, a value PC, but a value gaming PC maybe not so much. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then if you look at this, this is kind of 
an interesting plot of all the data where he looks at the build price, total build price for all those components versus the average frames per second of all three games. So you can see even though the uh, these two combinations here, the GTX 750 with the Pentium processor and the R7-260X with the Pentium processor perform lower on average than the ones with the 750 Ti, uh, they do so significantly lower on the price scale, the blue line kind of being the price scale. So pretty close to $350 as opposed to 400 or above. So depending on your budget and how specifically um, compact it is, you can make a, a very good decision based on that with all the information that Sebastian was able to put forth in this. Um, and I think he kind of you – know, you can go into his recommendations. You can go into his one more thing. And uh, he does talk about the story about what maybe Mantle does uh, or versus DX11 because as soon as this article went up, I got emails from people at AMD saying, you know, you didn't test Mantle on, oh, the, thief, on the Thief benchmark. Along with like, half the commenters. I get it. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, same, on the, same on this, thing. On this one game, you didn't test Mantle. So if we hadn't – so and then Nvidia also said, well, you didn't talk about G Sync or G- GeForce Experience or all of our other performance things. Like, okay, good, then that's fine. If I get emails from both parties complaining that we, yep, were unfair to them, that usually means that we were pretty fair to everybody in an even enough way. Mantle is interesting. It's not interesting enough to really override any of my decisions in this area because so few games are actually using it, uh, and I, I think I just, I just don't think it's at a place to make a significant impact. But um, if you are looking to build a budget system, you should check out this article, The Budget Gaming PC Shootout, Affordable System Builds Compared. Uh, it went up just today, so it's possible It's possible that you missed it. I can't believe that you would have, but it's possible. I think so why, why do you have three laptops and two people? Well, on one of table. them... Somebody's got to drive the little, the little thing over here. does this. This thing. That. It takes an entire... <gasps> takes an entire Ultrabook to do that. Yes. Wow, amazing. <laughs> Which so, brings us so to Ken our story. So Ken didn't uh, wire up the Arduino to do that? There's uh, only, he's using the Arduino for the switching. There's only eight buttons. Th- there's only eight buttons, though. And this is a different setup. We're not going to talk about the secret that, that makes it all work, but uh, it's, it's a different setup. Is it made with butter? I Margarine. think there might have been some butter in there. Maybe. Butter substitute. Paula Dean with her bright white like smile. Butter. Lots of butter. It does scroll like butter. It's got moves like Jagger, too. <laughs> last week, we had Richard Huddy here. We talked about it on last week's podcast. I wanted to mention real quickly, I'm not sure how much of it we actually got into in the podcast, but there were a couple of announcements that he maybe made on purpose, maybe on accident during the live stream. He did a correction. Afterwards, right? Yeah, but there are some other things like he mentioned the term OpenFX or OpenWorks yep. at minute 33. Um, that basically is, he said, we're, they were working on an open source version of what GameWorks is. So the difference between GameWorks and what AMD does today is that AMD just puts out a bunch of code and says, here, please use it. Yep. AMD or NVIDIA built theirs into a middleware package. Yep. DLLs and stuff. Yes. Initially. But the, but the idea is it's easier to use, right? Yes. You, you get an API, which is easier to use. Pl- you want access to the source because there could be an issue, but it's easy to use, easy yeah. to integrate. It's like plug and play, basically. Right. Just, yeah. And so what AMD is maybe hoping to do with this idea of an open works program is create this kind of repository. He kind of compared it to like what a Linux distro is, where 
you put out a bunch of code. It becomes a repository. People build it. Um, you know, they, you know, other companies can come in and add or change or modify different oh. effects, different things. They want to make it open source. Um, Okay, so which has some benefits and it has some drawbacks, obviously. Uh, so it sounds like a open source project that just happens to be similar in, to what the GameWorks thing Correct. was. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, sure. the, the benefit of open source is that Intel could come in and say, here's how we tweak it for our platform. Yep. Yep. Or they could say, here's a really cool effect we know how to do with smoke. And I'm gonna, we're going to give it to the community. And AMD and, and Richard Huddy has said, we're going to give all of our code to this repository and say... <clears throat> You know, we don't think we write the best code in the world. So if you want to modify it and change it and make it better, yeah. great. If uh, if some game developers or some entrepreneurial coders want to add in, hey, we know how to do like lava or water really well. Right, right, right. And you create all these different things, and then somebody can download that whole package and use it in a similar way that somebody would use game. So this is saying, this all this is something you're saying. He said at minute thirty three. Is that where? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He said he said that they were thinking about it. Okay. And if he said it to me on a live stream, they're probably further along than just thinking about it. All right. But the downside to being an open source thing is that you're never quite sure who's in charge. There's the potential for other issues. It also usually will mean that things will happen slower. Right? NVIDIA can push things along because they're the only one. They don't have to worry about what everybody else thinks. Yeah. They just push along. That's a positive and a negative. Nobody's taking votes. Nobody's AMD fighting over changes. Always wants to take, yeah, but AMD always wants to take the open path. Right. But sometimes that means that it doesn't happen it's slower. It's slower or doesn't mater- materialize at all. Yeah. You know, look at physics versus bullet physics or yep. HD3D versus 3D vision, both of which are kind of null and void at this point. Yep. Um, but CUDA versus OpenCL. CUDA still has a huge advantage, I think, over OpenCL. OpenCL is just now kind of starting to catch up. So it took much longer for AMD's advantage there to really work out. Um, so he talked about that. He talked about uh, Mantle would be open by the end of 2014, meaning that it would be a publicly accessible SDK as opposed to the closed beta that it's in now. With source? With source. Wow. Which would mean that NVIDIA or Intel could, in theory, develop a driver to work with Mantle. Okay. I don't think they will. Yeah, because DirectX... Definitely not NVIDIA. Aren't we going to see DirectX? DirectX 12 should be here by the end of next year. Uh, it should be publicly available by the end of next year. I don't know when game developers, some of them probably already have. So that leaves a year gap? Yeah. That's a long gap. It's a long gap, but is it enough time for NVIDIA to really... I don't... Josh, do you see any, any, any outcome where NVIDIA builds a Mantle driver? <laughs> Not unless BF4 sells a ton and Mantle has a huge improvement over I just stock. I think BF4 sales have stopped. They're not stopped, yeah. but they're, it's not suddenly going to spike up and sell 10 million more units. They are flat. Right? Yeah. And I don't think there's any other, like, Sniper Elite 3 is announced with Mantle. I think Plants vs. Zombies. Garden Warfare. Garden Warfare. Yep. Oh, Garden Warfare. Wait, that's the, yeah. that's the like, the... First it's like the first person yeah. shooter yeah. one. Okay. It's not the normal. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> like, "How fast is that possibly going to go?" <laughs> uh, they talked about that. They talked about their you know dedication to Linux and Steam OS. Or Richard did not they? Richard talked about the difference between but differences between FreeSync and Adaptive Sync, and the availability timeframes and the advantages. Mm. How they pick their titles for the never never settle bundles. Yeah, things that like was that. good. That was good. Uh, and he did issue one update where he said he wanted to correct that. Uh, Contrary to what he said, it turns out that TressFX was first published in AMD's SDK after 
the release of the Tomb Raider game, not before the release of the Tomb Raider game. Okay. Which is what he had said in our interview. What is the significance of that error? NVIDIA was saying that AMD is not all high and mighty. They've done these same types of things. They didn't let us have access to TressFX code before the game was out. Okay. And so when the game was released, TressFX was broken on NVIDIA hardware, which was true. Um, and so in that interview, Huddy said, said that the opposite. The opposite. And then they, he corrected it and said, actually, no. NVIDIA I was, was wrong. Right, NVIDIA basically. was right in that instance. Okay. So, um, hey, I, 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 I got a ping in here. Yeah. <clears throat> I do see one scenario where they could possibly be pressured into doing Mantle, and that's uh, kind of very recent, not so much an announcement, but a leak that Intel had talked to AMD about Mantle hmm. support, hmm. which would be huge. I mean, Intel has some to gain from that. I don't think NVIDIA really has anything to gain, or has much less to gain, I guess I should say. Well, you've got two of the three major players in graphics that suddenly support Mantle. Next thing we know, hey, maybe, uh, you know, and, uh, what are games that Intel is really pushing, like Grid, the latest Grid? Uh, what if suddenly some of these things, that they're, the money they're throwing at uh, guys, it's like, hey, you know what? Our low-end integrated processors uh, will see a nice jump if we utilize Mantle. Uh, so perhaps that would be a reason? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't see it happening. I think with at GDC when DirectX 12 was announced and Nvidia took that stance, I, I think that's pretty much that's pretty much done. And it's not like if I had to pick any of the companies that we just we've been talking about that is the most stubborn <laughs> and unwilling that. to kind of change course, uh, it would be Nvidia. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, so somebody needs to explain this next story to me. Maybe we'll go with Jeremy. Why am I interested in having FPGAs on my Xeon processor? Well, because you're familiar with x86 or x64. Okay. And so you don't want to change your entire uh, architecture by redoing everything for FPGAs from scratch. But you do have a certain application that it would be handy to be able to have an architecture you can pretty much write by hand as an add-on. And in this particular case, it's using QPI to talk to the Xeon, so it can run huh. ridiculously faster than your average FPGA. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, you do kind of get stuck. One of the nice things about uh, the field programmable arrays is they're dirt cheap, and you can just pretty much toss them out the next time a new one comes around. Right. With this, it is they permanently are not attached dirt to that Xeon. Okay. So I, do you know how, how much some of these FPGAs actually cost? There are expensive ones. There are expensive ones. Yes. This is true. Yes. There so are is this, also dirt cheap ones. Is this like FPGA that can be programmed on the fly or it's just like yeah. it is what it is? It's what you, you can program it on the fly. But like I say, if a new architecture comes out, you can't replace it because it's bolted onto the Xeon. You're stuck for three or four years. On the other hand, if you can figure out a way to rewrite it, you can rewrite it. So Here. this is against VIA's incursion into the server room. So like uh, NVIDIA's G-Sync, it's based on an FPGA plus a lot of memory. Mm -hmm. And how much does that add to the back of your LCD? Pretty good chunk of change, right? Well, how much was the converter kit you bought, uh, Al? Oh, we 100 bucks? It was, uh, what did they go for? 150, I think. 150, 200 something? 
What the the upgrade kit? The G Sync kit. It was one fifty, I think. Yeah. Okay. So you Let's were you, you were Damn. paying for the R and D in a lot of that, right, Josh? That's not pure FPGA cost. Do you know how big that chip is? It's pretty big, but they're it's pretty yeah. big. But they were programmed. I mean, they could make it smaller, right? This was the first run. They and, were, the first one was FPGA. They said they were going to make it in basic. And and the yeah. FPGA, they or the Xeon, they're putting this on. One hundred and fifty dollars premium isn't a whole lot, right? No, they're going to put it on a twenty five hundred dollars Xeon. But what I'm trying to figure out is like, is this like gonna? They're just going to burn in a sentence a certain set of commands they want to run really fast, and then that's that's just it. Yeah. You're stuck with it. Uh, or? Earlier this month, well, it is reconfigurable. Earlier this month, right, there's that's what a was... white paper that Microsoft did about like Bing search algorithms. I think. I uh, think it was catapult. Bing. Okay. And and they were they're using FPGAs over PCIe. For this now, they're doing That's set slower. algorithms yeah. on an FPGA, mm. which is way faster than on the mm. Xeon itself, on the processor itself. True. But since it's still over, it's over the PCIe bus, it's a lot slower than what you can get over yep. QPI straight That's into QPI. The, That's on the chip. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, and it fills up a PCIe slot. Yeah. Whereas this, your yeah, Xeon this, it's is where the FPGA the is. Okay. You've still got plenty of slots for yeah. whatever. I mean, there are plenty of things that FPGAs can do way the heck faster than a CPU. So and, and they're also licensing QPI to someone. They're, oh, that's true. First time for that. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Well, no one else makes chipset yeah. until chipsets anymore. They've never so. had anything else what? to connect it to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jeremy, I'd like yeah, to congratulate you. Okay. On 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 uh, <clears throat> your Afghan in the back, it looks like multiple different sockets are lit up behind you. Ooh, so yeah. you've you've that's got true. a you've got a eleven fifty to your you know. Top left. Yeah. There you go. The other one, uh, that looks you like you know a socket oh, yeah. A. Yep. 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 That's yeah. that's kind of socket A-ish, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So excellent, excellent choice in uh, you know yes. material. <laughs> Completely intentional. It, it's yes. just taking you this long to spot it. Mm. No, that makes him sad. Um, so last week, I, actually, I haven't checked this yet, and I, I will here in a second. Um, Amazon was having a sale. I guess let me check right here. See if I can ruin it. Oh man! Everybody you, missed it. Oh, uh, you know it was a joke. I'm sorry, but uh, you know what? That that gives new meaning to inner chip fabric. Ooh, nice! You went backwards. If we go backwards, I did. I'm stories, sorry. I now go forwards that, and, and let's go into gray, new material. So screwed it all up. Now we're back. You know, I'm here. the guy at the party who thinks the jokes like five minutes too late and then breaks in. <laughs> hey guys, hey guys! Remember funny. that thing you were just talking about? What about yeah. this? <laughs> you're in, yeah, you're very good at that. Uh, however, nice. last week Amazon had the one terabyte Samsung Evo 840 Evo. Yep, for three hundred ninety nine dollars. That's forty cents a gig. Thirty nine point nine cents a and gig. And it's twenty dollars more now. And it's twenty dollars more expensive now. It's forty. You know, if you're if you're That's still hairs, cheap, pissing yeah. off. <laughs> Until that price, the cheapest I had seen it was four forty five. I think. Uh, on Amazon now it's four nineteen, so it's still a pretty good price. But three ninety nine for a one terabyte. Remember when we crossed fifty? You know, if you say anything with ninety nine, yeah. you have to do it with the correct I'm sorry. voice inflection. Three ninety nine. Is that better? Three ninety nine. Thank you. So if Thank you remember you. when uh, the MX one hundred launched, it launched at like forty five cents per gig, and I was yeah. super excited about us crossing that fifty cents per gig barrier on mm-hmm. the launch. And I said, now we need to break forty, and like the next week. The MX100 was selling for like $0.39 cents a gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now this one, I think, I think we need to go for $0.30 cents a gig. Well, I mean, 
you know. If we could hit 30 cents per gigabyte. This is pretty low for an 840. It's pretty low for a Samsung. That's Yeah, but we can go lower. Well, uh, we can. But, I mean, that's a little slow, like... a collective community. That's, that's by, slow, like... Uh, I mean, everybody who's everybody selling limbo. can go down. I want this for... 329. Yeah. 329. Well, it might go a little lower after, in other news, I'm flying to Korea next week. Okay. For something. Yeah. Well, I hope mm. it does. I'll yeah, listen. but it's North Korea, so... <laughs> no, no, it's South Korea, not North Korea. The other thing sure. that actually went up for sale was the uh, Asus PB287Q 4K 28-inch monitor, that one that I reviewed a little while ago. It was 649. Let's see what it is now. It's 649, and now it's not in stock until July 2nd. It was actually in stock and shipping. So the Asus at some point. was the good one. It had the good stand. With the good stand. The Visa and, mount on it. Yep. The better software. Same uh, panel as the Samsung. Yes. But the yep. uh, housing was just much better. Yep. Okay. Yep. So if you missed those sales, sorry, you should read PCPer.com on a multiple times a day basis. Yes. Because we tell you about all the hot deals and scoops. And, and click stuff. on ads, too. Yeah, and all those things. You remember the Silverstone Raven? No. Okay, cool story, I guess. Yeah, I move on. <laughs> I have one story. sitting right behind me. It's a rather large case. Is, I do put you have my one of wife's the, junk in it, you know what I'm saying? 90 de- do you put it in at a 90, 90 degree rotation? I'll say, and she complains <laughs> every degree. <laughs> so, uh, the Raven, I think the Raven might have been the first case that I'm aware of that rotated. Um, so that the exhaust for the graphics card, for example, oh, up that one. Instead of out the back. Okay, I remember that now. And it kind of started this whole trend where, hey, you know, heat rises. Let's yeah. like that. But it also kind of it was a cool idea. Theories about other things. Cable management was yeah, a pain in the butt because you had to get your DVI cables like out, out the, top. the back. Yeah, yeah, out the then, top and then out the back. Yeah. It was kind of weird. Yeah, but that that case was sent to me by Nvidia because we were doing like a multi GPU thing. Yep. They're like, uh, we need to have some really good cooling for this, or else it's not going to work real well. If you put this in a regular case, it will fry and catch on fire. So Josh yep. used it as a hair dryer, so. and look at what happened. <laughs> um, so the Raven RV05 was announced. The Dark Knight Returns. Um, which, it's pronounced uh, Knigget. Sebastian <laughs> describes as the Batmobile of PC enclosures. I think it looks pretty nice. It is. Silverstone has a they they make good looking cases. It's been yeah. a while since I've built a system in one, uh, but you can see here you've got the window. It's got a slight angle to it, which is interesting. You can tell that like the motherboard tray and everything is. It's not. Boy, if you're OCD, you're going to be in uh, in a bad shape. <laughs> I think that might have just been the picture that made it look like you it think was. Because so? that other picture looks level. Yeah. Yeah. It's a perspective yeah. thing. I don't think so. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Nah. They have an air penetrator fan, Josh. <laughs> any, any joke here before I move on? Or Use that Kentucky jelly. Kentucky, Kentucky jelly. Do not put it on your peanut butter sandwich. No. That's all I can say. Uh, Jeremy, AMD updated their. Let me rephrase this. AMD did not update. But the Raptor app updated, which helps AMD, I guess. What are the new features that they added to this kind of GeForce Experience competitor? Uh, well, I mean, I guess the big thing uh, is that you can now stream to Twitch, and it's not going to hurt your impact or impact your gaming experience whatsoever. If unless you read the comments, in which case you're going to feel bad about yourself. But apart mm. from that, you know, if you really like either streaming live or recording your games and then playing them back for showing somebody whatever it is that you did, it's built in. So it'll automatically record 10 minutes of your gameplay, even if you don't hit record. 
So if you did manage to do something you really thought was worth YouTubing, you can do it. Does this really not impact anything at all? Like I This mean, is what they're saying, and a couple of people have tried it and say no. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it, NVIDIA did this with their, right. um, what do they call it, Shadow Play yeah. feature and GeForce Experience as well. It's using the encoding. H.264. Yeah, it's using the... Uh, the, the built-in encoding. Yeah, encoder on the, okay. on the GPU okay. to do the process. And that doesn't take away from, like, you know... No, it's separate hardware. Wow. It's separate yep. hardware. And It'll take some memory bandwidth away, but that's the extent yep. of it. Yeah. And you're not going to I would think you would have some your storage, storage bandwidth, yeah. right? But a little again, bit of a hit. It's, it's compressing it, so it's not like it's writing raw file. Yeah. It's a compressing it on the fly. It's not it's writing not, it's it not and frame then compressing rating. it. And then, yes, it's not. You're not recording 425 megabytes per second oh, data for gaming. That's what they want. I don't recommend yeah. that. I mean, apart from that, they've uh, added even more games where it's sort of a one-button push configuration. So if you're running AMD hardware, you push a button and it'll say, oh, here you go, here's the graphic settings, and set them for you. And they've kept their whole RP thing where if you keep playing and participate in the community, hey, free games. Never a bad thing. No, no. Uh, It's interesting to see this. When when AMD kind of first came to us and said, hey, look at this app that we're involved in called Raptor, like I immediately knew what their goal was. Their goal was to have something built... Um, to compete against GeForce Experience yep. without them kind of having to make it all from scratch. Mm-hmm. Right? So they've done a good job, and, and they've slowly introduced features that kind of match yeah. or can sometimes exceed past uh, what, what uh, NVIDIA is doing. Sounds like at this point it's basically the same thing. I, can't, I, I, I have not used this version. You know, it, it sounds yeah. like it's doing pretty well, um, but it's, it, it's, it's, again, it's, it's, so, it's so funny to see the mentality differences between these companies, right? NVIDIA built GeForce Experience from the ground up. they like, okay, here's how we're going to do it. They wanted to get um, quality settings right so that yep. you could auto-hit a button and say, optimize my game based on this hardware. And they built this huge lab in, in Moscow that only does the benchmarkings on all these different hardware configurations to get the best settings for their hards, their cards and processors and platform. And did it all behind the scenes. Did it all behind the scenes. Yeah. AMD was like, we want to... Use the community to do this. So we're going to let you gain credit by letting us see what your frame rate is while you're playing a game at such and such settings. Yep. And then we put that into you know this software. It's not really AMD doing it, but this other company puts it into software and like tests to see that, well, we think this is the best option based on those results. So it's kind of like a, uh, a distributed computing version of finding out the best quality settings for games. So, I mean, is AMD supports these guys, right? Like, is that there's got to be something? Sh- absolutely, 100 percent positive. They are. Okay. Like they're they're giving them money. I mean, because there's an AMD Gaming Evolved Control Center, is what they okay. call it, right? But Raptor existed before AMD came along and kind of sort of adopted it into okay. their ecosystem. So it's an open thing, but they're support. You know, it's yeah, supported like it, by. It's, yeah. It actually still it runs on NVIDIA hardware. Like you can install Raptor and play games if you have a GeForce card, and it will. Yep. You utilize it. Okay. But you don't get the AMD rewards advantages and yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like the that. The game so. settings and stuff and the database. I think it should. Oh, the database? But that's not something wow. they advertise, right? Because AMD is the one kind of coming out and doing the marketing for all yeah. these things. Huh. So. Also gave rise to one of the most obsequious comments that I have seen that yet this year. Someone felt it was worth pointing out that the check mark resembles the same one that's used on the GeForce Experience. You, you know what? I, I hate to say this. <laughs> it's just like... That's when I looked bar. down at that screenshot, 
I actually thought, oh no, Jeremy used the wrong screenshot. <laughs> no, no, I did not. Because it the does text look is almost exactly it the same. looks identical to like, oh, your drivers are up to date, which is what's in GeForce Experience. Oh. I, might, I might have to find that. At the Maybe end they're the getting show. a little too close. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, Google I.O. is going on, and they had kind of an interesting focus on gaming. They announced, uh, what did they call it? A Google Extension Pack. <laughs> right? Yeah. Textures. Android Extension but Pack. don't Google That adds computer pack shaders, which that. was a typo on their yeah, presentation. That goes computer to Josh Tech. Shaders. Uh, <laughs> There's no extension in Josh uh, Which Tech. was interesting. I'm sorry. <laughs> the day before Google I.O., Qualcomm posted a white paper uh, that I got to see that was like 25, no, 45 pages on what they do for Android gaming, the directions they think Android gaming is going, uh-huh. how they benefit consumers, how they benefit developers. And they're basically, um, you know, I think they're tired of, of having kind of NVIDIA dominate the discussion when it comes to Android gaming okay. and Android gaming hardware. And so they, you know, you can download the white paper from our site or you can go to the Qualcomm site to download it. But they talk about, you know, they use the term a lot in the white paper of heterogeneous computing without saying heterogeneous systems architecture, HSA, which they are a member of that foundation. Um, But the idea is, you know, you've got uh, DSPs and video decoders and CPU and GPU and video encoders and Wi-Fi engines and display engines all kind of working together in the SOC to help facilitate gaming. Okay. And uh, they kind of walk through... What aspects of it are interesting? Um, you know, uh, command processors, vertex shaders, unified shaders, and they talk about. So what's the, the, what's the push here? Like what's the push is like? Hey, game developers, we're the best option for you. Don't target what Nvidia is doing. Oh, target what we're doing, and they do things like look at our product stack: Adreno three three uh, X series and four X series, and how it scales up. And how the you know their tools allow for you to write once very little modification to take advantage of new hardware or to take advantage of lower powered hardware, for example. Okay. So it, it was it was a really interesting paper to see because for for a company like Qualcomm that doesn't generally let's say they don't focus on gaming, but it's not really their big push, and that's Nvidia's kind of one thing that they hang their hat on. Uh-huh. When they talk about Tegra, like Tegra K1 is that we're not doing great in terms of we're not going to be in a smartphone, but if you want, like, the best gaming platform, this is where it is. And here we're going to show you Unreal Engine 4 running on it, which they did again at Google I.O. And so Qualcomm, I think, wanted some of that okay. discussion around them from the gaming side. So they're not announcing a Shield competitor, if that's what you're looking for. So <laughs> nothing. We well, at least tell about, you know, a half a billion processors a year to cell phone people, so... Why don't you start developing for our games? You know, indeed. I don't think we're ready for any shield competitors just yet. Nope. I think it's pretty small. I think it's a pretty small market yeah. to have a competitor in. Um, AMD uh, not really leaked, but started. It was really it was Roy Taylor posted a picture of um, an updated. You know, as a Canadian, we like to call him Wa Taylor. Wa Taylor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As a Canadian, which you are clearly. Josh. Yeah, exactly. So tell me about the accent. What's new about the FX9590 that they were teasing now? It's a kit. Well, it's not an officially, you know, talked about kit. I mean, uh, Wa uh, (laughs) did a picture and uh, said, you know, something new and exciting from AMD, and it it showed this box of the uh, liquid cooler. 
and of course, you know, spread like wildfire saying, hey, there's a new FX coming out. Uh, it's going to be a 28 nanometer. Uh, it's going to be a next generation steamroller, uh, big chip. It's going to be M3 Plus. And then, no, that's not going to happen. We know that the latest FX is, in fact, a mobile chip based on an APU. You're right. So they're just going to be using the 9590 with a supported liquid, self-contained liquid cooling kit that uh, you can buy. And as long as you have a motherboard that can supply the 219 watts to TDP support. On a CPU? Which is why it was never supposed to be <laughs> yes. sold as a retail processor. Yes. Right. That, was, that was the thing originally. It was like, uh, we don't want to sell this as a retail part because... It you will break your in, stuff. You can't just put it in any motherboard. The motherboard yeah. has to be designed for it. But now they're obviously going to sell it in a retail box. I do like yeah. the box art, by the way. The idea of just like eh, this just chip needs to be submerged it, in water. Drop it in a bucket of water. Someone's yes. going to do it. <laughs> Someone is going to do it. I I I am I have asked AMD for one because I still have never tested it, and I just want to use it. Yeah. Like, see how far we can push it. I just want to. I just want to test it, right? Let's see. Hook up the arc, arc welding power supply to that motherboard. Uh, I think. I think I know what water. What specific? Oh, okay. The 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 cooler master side on. Uh, one hundred and twenty liquid cooling system. Like I. Yep. That's what they're including. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's. I mean, it's a good unit. And yeah. I think that's the one that you can expand. Maybe you don't want to if you have a two hundred and twenty watt. You can add a GPU and stuff. Yeah, Mori used that one for some of it. Yeah, expanded it with a second radiator. <laughs> you would not. Yeah, yeah. You, that's what you would need to <laughs> that's do. That's a good idea. Some more pumps, another radiator. That's a good uh, idea. Yeah. I'll be curious to see like what the uh, uh, the the price is. So it's, you, it looks like Jeremy, you wrote forty dollars more than the original three twenty price tag, so three hundred sixty bucks for this. Although that 320 price tag is kind of a rough guess because, like we said, it was never going to be sold. Yeah. There were, you know, maybe a couple of hundred that appeared on Newegg and were gone immediately. I hmm. have a feeling we will see one soon. Yeah. I have a feeling one will come through the door any moment now. Wait for the knock. <laughs> Wait for the package yeah. that's leaking water. That's a, that would be a bad arrival. <laughs> they turned it on that early. That would be a bad arrival. Uh, what is a good arrival, though, is more 4K monitors. Yeah, buddy. And our friends at Seiki, who I can now correctly pronounce 100% of the time. I thought Seiki. you always said Seiki. I think when we did our first TV review, it was... Sakai? No, it was like CK, Seiki, something oh. like that. I don't know. Seiki. Seiki. Uh, they had a pronunciation guide in the press release for this. So awesome. It helped. Uh, but they're... Oops. You broke it. Yeah, click the wrong button. Uh, they're announcing a 28, a 32, and a 40-inch 4K Ultra HD monitor. Not a TV, but a monitor with support for HDMI 2.0 and DisplayPort 1.3. 40 inches. He said 40. 40 inches. Now, we've, we've had a lot of 4K monitor discussion talk on here, and the question always comes up, is 28 inches too small for 4K? And the argument is always yes. Yep. If you want to keep Windows at 100% scaling percentage, everything's tiny. Everything's too small. Mm-hmm. 32 inches, a little bit better. Right. right? That's like our Asus uh, and Sharp panels that yep. we have. But you need the well endowed panel to satisfy you, don't you? I need the biggest Mamma Jam. I want that 40 inch 4K. And I want to put it right in front of me just so I can see everything. So you'd be like the enabler in uh, Home Improvement. You'd just see your. Right. Actually, no, I'd hide be completely as behind close it. to the TV as he was. All right, so, so 4K resolution is what? 3840 by 2160. 3840. 2160? Yep. Are you, okay. are you doing math or something? And then a 40-inch diagonal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing some. Uh, all right, so 
regular display, like desktop display stuff, mm-hmm. the kind of standard PPI mm-hmm. is 72. Okay. That's like, so that you, you know, so the stuff you're used to, in other words, from years back. From, right? Or 96 is viewing distance, viewing distance to pixel distance. 72 or 96, you know, if you're in that range, then you're not squinting to read stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the icons are kind of what you're used to seeing. And it's not right? super fuzzy. And it's not super fuzzy either. Okay. So uh, on a 40 inch 4K, the PPI is 110, which is not really that much higher than wow. what everybody's used to. So and what viewing distance? No, no, no. Oh, just oh you're just pixels per inch, just PPI, oh, okay. just you know, as, as yeah. if it was a sheet of paper, right? Right. So, you know, like a like a sheet of paper on the screen at 100 percent, you know, right. in, in the in the setting for like a PDF at 100 percent zoom is just going to be like kind of maybe like a half an inch smaller than the sheet of paper. I'm okay with that, right? It's not horrible, right? So. We don't know a whole lot about these panels yet. This is the first Seiki's first entrance into monitors, away from TVs yeah. and into monitors. These are vertical aligned LED panels, which I didn't really know anything about until getting this press Vertically release. aligned LED. PVA, yeah. So, oh, that's the LCD. You mean the LCD? They're yeah, it's vertically like aligned IPS, LED LCDs. It's VA. Okay, it's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So where would you put that image quality in terms of TN, IPS, IGZO, et cetera? It's better than TN. Yeah. But not as good as IPS. In fact, I'm looking at three PVA screens right now. That uh, It's the HP, what is it, uh, LP2465. Okay. And they are very comparable to IPS. In fact, they've got a little bit better uh, black support. Yep. That's yeah. that's what I had read about the the vertically aligned LCDs as well. Now I, I yeah. think if you couple that with the fact that we've seen when you look at a 4K TN panel, mm-hmm. it tends to look better than just like your regular TN panel. Right. So if you take that you and you combine, they, yeah, maybe like this might be kind of like IPS ish, right? I you hope know, so. Maybe theoretically. Other uh, cool features of this, I mean, it does have 12-bit color processing. So they're they're calling this Seiki Pro, the new brand is Seiki yeah. Pro, so professional so series, better than 8-bit color. Uh, yeah. HDMI two, one, DisplayPort one point three. Uh, picture by picture by four. What's Would, that? So this is what I if it's, if it's short right. attention span theater. That's what that is. Yeah. Uh, the idea is you can have four unscaled 1080p inputs inputs on the monitor individually. I believe so. It says picture by picture times four. So from so, four, four different sources. Yeah. And four yeah. tiles. And so. We were. I was really excited about this because I love the idea of, uh, like, say, maybe you do what we do and you're in a testing environment. Yep. You have one input going to maybe the top left of your screen, and that's maybe like, Josh, maybe that's your, like your motherboard test bed. So it's always on. You can always see it. Uh, the bottom two, uh, you merge into you a single s- screen like Ifinity. You expand yeah. it. So you have 2560 one, by, you by know, 1080. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And each... 38. Each segment of that ten, each 1080p screen would be a 20-inch 1080p monitor, essentially, that's pretty, that's pretty with cool. no bezel, right? And so you could have hook, have them hooked up to different PCs, or you know you could have like uh, you know your DirecTV box, your cable box going into the top right. You've got your test system in the top left, and now you've got like your 2560 by 1080 on the bottom. Now, if you had Nvidia, wouldn't work for that, right? With the side by side, they don't because they don't support. Two monitors surround. Yeah, you can't do. I mean, two you'd be able to set up multi-monitor and use it as a desktop environment, but for gaming purposes, yeah, it wouldn't work. Right. Um, Unless they change one bit change in their, their driver. In their driver, correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, we don't know anything about pricing. We know uh, they said availability in Q1 of next year, so we're still six months away from seeing these available. I imagine this will be like a CES launch. 
Time to start planning for CES, guys. You ready, Ken? No, oh, he just started to cry. Um, uh, but I, I, you know, Seiki released these TVs. They weren't fantastic visual quality TVs, but they were super low cost. They yep. they got the discussion going about 4K, I think, in a way that nobody really had up until then. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited to see what they have here. HDMI 2.0 means 4K at 60 hertz over HDMI. Sweet. DisplayPort 1.3 means they may have support for adaptive sync, which is like the G-Sync competitor. Right. 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 Uh, and that would be really cool as well. Hey, uh, just as a point of clarification, somebody yeah. said, hey, that's the old bulldozer box for liquid cooling. No, this is, this is the bulldozer box for liquid cooling. <laughs> Josh had it within arm's reach. Yes. You ran right over that, didn't you? Yeah, so there you have it. Boom, boom. Not the same box boom. or design. All right, our last news story for the day. Catalyst 14.6 is released. Uh, Jeremy, anything interesting in this software update? Uh, well, I like the fact that they've dumped Windows 8.0. Uh, this going? will do 8.1 or Windows 7. Oh. They're talking about using uh, essentially the WDDM from Windows 7 to support Windows 8 in further updates. But for right now, wow. your Windows 8.0, you're just unloved like we told you you were from day one. Apart from that, there isn't a huge amount. It's some interesting performance improvements. And, you know, it's just sort of another iteration in AMD's quest to not just release graphics drivers every month. <laughs> or wait, that's... Yeah. I'm curious about this Windows 8 aspect of it that everybody seems to be dropping. It. Windows, Microsoft itself is dropping support for Windows 8. Yeah, They're kind quick. of pushing yep. Windows 8.1 on people pretty dramatically. It looks like they made a lot of the changes that they wanted to make to 8 originally, and they just kind of took them a while to get around to it. And I, All of my systems were on 8.1, yeah. as we found out this week when we were trying to find desperately find a system that had 8 on it to do a test. Yeah. Um, they changed of a lot of stuff. They changed the, the video driver model. They did some weird storage subsystem yeah. stuff to it. Yeah. Uh, so that is it for the news this week. And uh, I guess we're going to go ahead now as I quickly move these uh, links through. Um, to all of the stuff that people picked and get into our hardware software picks of the week. Starting with me, I have this video card here. I have not finished a written review of it, but here's my verbal review. <laughs> it's a pretty good card for $229. The huge fans on that thing. Yep, and it runs very quietly because of it. This is a uh, MSI R9. It's 262. Yeah, well, it went. Alan wants to play Tune in Tokyo with the fans. <laughs> Gross. R9 so Are you done? <laughs> but you didn't see the fingers. Are you finished? Twirling the fans. That's on purpose. Yes, I am finished. Okay, this is the MSI R9 290. See, look, you got me screwed up. R9 280 Gaming Edition. Um, so it's the R9 280 graphics chip. It is uh, uh, pretty fast, you know, 25 by 14 even, and of course 1080p. And it's priced at two hundred and twenty-nine bucks to two hundred and forty-five dollars or so, depending on where you're looking. Win uh, is very competitive, right? So its direct competitor is the NVIDIA GTX seven hundred and sixty, and it does perform better than that. So uh, look for a full review of that coming up probably here not long after the podcast is live. Why is everything branded gaming now? Because. It's MSI, a video card. Gigabyte, like they're all adding just <laughs> gaming to the end of a, a serial. Listen, number. this card you didn't know. This card just rips through the Excel spreadsheets, Jeremy. Mm -hmm. I mean, just just 
Isn't that what it's for? You need to tell somebody that if it has two giant fans, crossfire connectors, um, and multiple power connections, that it's It's ridiculous. awesome for accountants. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody in the chat says it is one ninety nine after rebate on Newegg, so keep that in mind. That's pretty good. Jeremy, what do you got? Uh, well, i got to admit that mostly I want to be able to... To just say War Kitty and DDoS Dog on the podcast. Uh, but uh, somebody <laughs> saw one of these GPS trackers for animals, yeah. which come with a cell phone chip in them so that it can constantly report where your dog or cat is. Ryan was talking about that the other day. You know, if, if you're obsessed. But yeah. somebody decided, well, if it's that small, it's got GPS and it's got cell signal, Uh-oh. I can turn this into a Wi Fi sniffer. And they did. So if you follow the link uh, at uh, Black Hat, there will be Wi-Fi war kitties. And if you can do a war kitty, why can't you do a DDoS dog for local local areas? You could put a TV gone on it. You could do so many fun things with this. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's a reason to pay almost 100 bucks for your GPS pet tracker. Well, I'm just going to put that to be, on my wife. What are you to say? It used to be 100 bucks. Now it's only ninety three ninety. No, that's gonna it's gonna probably go up in price once the demand. So, like, no I joke. I don't think it will mine bitcoins though. I'm, Sorry, <laughs> I'm pretty close to buying these for those dogs of mine because yeah. I, I'm finishing a doghouse, and one of the things is I want to put them outside while I'm at work, so they don't have to be inside in their cages. But I was like, yeah, I kind of worry, right? Nobody's home, even though we have a fenced-in yard. Yep. He wants to track his doggies. If these dogs really, 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 really wanted to, they could oh, probably jump creative. over the fence. They, they get into places the that they should not physically be so, able to get. So, like this, this tag that you that you show here is it will actually like you can set up like a, an area alert. So if the dog goes outside of that area, it will. Mm-hmm. Send you a text message and stuff like that. I so. believe it also has an, odom- an odometer on it. So if your dog is not exercising Correct. the amount that you think he should be, yep, the shock collar gets activated and it runs around. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Move, dog. It works. It works on wives too. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm thinking more yes, children. Yes, but that's and a proximity lawns. alarm. Oh, wow. Oh, goodness. Josh, you're up next. Uh, you know, <laughs> I need to. Put some tears in. Oh, no. The Gaben needs you. He's been so broke lately, he hasn't been able to eat. He's lost minus 17 pounds since the last time we've seen him. Go to the sale. Just go to the sale and help Gaben. Steampower.com. There are things there that you shouldn't see or buy, but he needs your help. Every time I see Kerbal Space Program, I think I should buy that and play. And then I realize I will never have time to have the fun with it that I should. <laughs> right? I will instead watch videos of it, of other people crashing and burning things. Yes. Is there any, anything in the Steam sale stood out to you, Josh? Or Jeremy, for that matter? I guess Two Brothers was kind of interesting. It was only a couple of bucks. And, Don't you and have to, apparently you have to play that's that? a... Jeremy can't play it because you have to use a controller. Yeah. That's why I didn't buy it. I don't have a controller. Hey, uh, and I refuse to use one. FTL's on sale. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, come on. Ryan's already beat the damn thing. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, one I picked time. up Banner Sega today. It was one that I was thinking I should pick up, and all right, 50% off, fine. Agreed. All right, so the Steam Stummers, the blah, blah, it only goes until the 30th. Yep. Um, so you're running out of time. Go buy all the things that you don't need. Hopefully I get paid by I them. never play them. Nah. Alan? And uh, so recently around here, we've had to do a lot of Windows installs to random stuff, uh, you know, like we do in a testing environment and such. 
And uh, I used to use that, you know, when Microsoft USB DVD mm-hmm. blah 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 tool, whatever the heck it is, right? Uh, this thing, Rufus, Rufus, way way better. Okay, it looks similar. I mean, What's like it way better. What's it do different? It just it it automatically configures all the settings for the given ISO. Like you point it to an ISO, and it automatically figures out, hey, you need 4K cluster size or sector size for this, and or whatever you know. Let's look at all the languages and it's available. It's on. available in a bunch of languages, right? Um, you can even configure it to do like UEFI boot. You can actually change the okay. uh, supports. Okay, now that's new. Right, yeah. It's there's a lot of different stuff in there. Like there's it's basically you know, like a it looks it looks like a generic Windows format dialogue. Yeah. Right? Except it's just loaded with a bunch of awesomeness as well. And it, it's pretty quick. Like too. Gabe. It seems it seems to uh it seems to make the drive uh a format and install and copy over all the contents. It seems to do that faster than the Windows or the Microsoft tool as well. Cool. Yeah. Can we... We need to set up uh, one of those USB drives here that, like, you plug it in and it gives you a menu of what operating system you want to install. And With, like, all of them? Yeah. Yeah, it's out there. I know. That's what I want. There's one, yeah. Yeah, I just want that. Because we can get... Get we get us 128... Get us one of those 128 no, USB it, drives. It fits on a 32 gig. It's, like, 191 in one. Okay, cool. You I'm pick in. everything. Can I do DOS? I don't know if DOS is on there. If it doesn't have DOS, I'm not in. Okay. Sorry. All right. So that is our picks for the week, which also means that is the end of our show. I want to thank everybody for joining us uh, at PCPro.com slash live or record it live. If you're listening to this after the fact, you should really be there for the live show because all kinds of weird stuff happens that gets edited out. You never see it or hear about it. Sometimes we talk before the show. Sometimes we talk after the show. It's weird. Sometimes it does. We record it uh, on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and if you want to go to pcpro.com slash subscribe, you can sign up for our mailing list so you can be notified whenever we're going to do a live stream. Uh, otherwise, pcpro.com slash podcast is the URL where you can find the RSS, the MP3 downloads, uh, the YouTube links, as well as you can just go to youtube.com slash pcpro and subscribe to us there as well. Uh, thank you, everybody, for hanging out in the chat room. And thank you guys for joining me again this week and uh, thanks to ken for coming back to work again and uh changing cameras and i don't know we're figuring out new stuff so uh if you're watching the video version feel free to leave a comment about wait the uh, wait where's that it's over here the uh, espn it's tracker here. we've got going it's over here yeah uh our our visual cue rundown if you thought it was useful if you thought it was bad uh what else we could do to improve it uh, feel so free basically, to let us know. this is so you don't have to put the uh, show notes in the YouTube video because all they have to do is kind of scroll down and you can see fast where forward you're and at. scrub until the thing you want to talk about or you want to listen to is highlighted, right? This yeah, is want to be no scrub. That's the next one. You got to be able to click on it and it advances to that part of the Shut video. Shut up, Jeremy. <laughs> Shut up. Ken baby, has a lot more work to do baby on steps, every YouTube video now. Baby steps. Think of all those annotations you have to make, Ken. And you have to move them every time things rotate. It's going to be bad. Uh, but thank you guys again for joining us. We will see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.